Welcome to Leaf and Barrel Podcast. My name is Scott. My name is Tim. My name is John. How's everybody doing tonight? It's another night of smoking cigars and whiskey. How can it be anything but good? I mean, we say that every week and it's the same every week. And I stand by my statement. This is the hardest job I've ever fucking had. Are you kidding me? I mean, it, it is stressful. Hanging out with you two, smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. Yeah, it's a rough <laughs> life. <laughs> it's really, really hard. Real difficult. So, all right, uh, John, what are we smoking tonight? Uh, tonight, we smoked a cigar from the Don Papin uh, brand of cigars. It was a Don Papin black label. Uh, the size was uh, 50 by 5, so 50, um, no, 5 by 50. Oh, my Lord. It's Dyslexia is a bitch. It is. So it was 5 inches long. Uh, ring gauge was 50, so a little bit short of, of the cigars that we have been smoking in the past. I think, Tim, you made a comment about that, how we... Yeah, it felt shorter. Like, yeah, even was, during the... Because the smoke time was pretty significantly smaller and it, it it felt like it like i what normally would feel like we're in the third point i'm halfway through this cigar yeah it was about an, that much shorter but it, it was about felt, an, it was an hour long smoke uh yeah. the stuff that we were doing before was typically about an hour and a half to two hour smoke so i mean when you, when you look at it in terms of time it was significantly less than what we normally do yeah, yeah. which you know it makes sense it's getting warmer out so let's do a shorter cigar that makes no sense but yeah. all right you know fuck we it we're doing it live wing it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so uh scott what'd you think about the cigar I thought it was a nice cigar. It was uh, very consistent throughout the smoke. It uh, Not a lot of differences in flavors throughout. There was no real journey. It was real consistent. I didn't think it was overly powerful. Okay. Uh, I had a little bit of pepper, not a whole lot. Um, there was a little bit of leather and maybe a little bit of oakiness, like woodsy. Maybe not oak, but it was more woodsy. I can understand that. Uh, I had a hard time pulling out a lot of flavors in it. It was... It was pretty mild as far as the flavors go so as far as that goes i it was hard for me to pull out a lot i can understand that it was it was definitely a subtler smoke than normal so absolutely but yeah i thought it was a good cigar good good i you know with all that said what, how would you rate it good question i guess that's something i should have thought about i mean we typically do a zero to ten scale yeah. but you know feel what you're feeling give me zero stars you know <sighs> Give me zero out of five. You know, on, on a scale of one to 89. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm asking for. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, from on a scale of one to 10, uh, it's above average. So I would, I'd, it's above a five already. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd probably have to give it about a seven, seven and a half. Okay. Because it was, it was very consistent. I thought the, the burn was good. I had a couple issues, but it was my own fault. I was smoking it really fast, trying to pull out the flavor. So I kept puffing and puffing, and it was my own fault. But uh, overall, I thought it was a, a decent burn. Um, the draw was really nice. Yeah. Uh, the structure of how it was rolled, I thought was very consistent and it held together fairly well. So yeah, I'd probably give it about a seven and a half. I could feel that. I can, I can see that. that how makes about you, sense. Tim? Uh, smoking the cigar, like I had a lot of the same tastes as you did, you know, uh, it, as you said, it is a, it is a very subtle cigar. It, it isn't, there aren't any particular flavors that just like shout at you right from the get go. And say, hey, we're here, we're loud, we're proud, deal with us, you know. Um, one flavor right off the bat was pretty strong, and that was the pepper. It kicked me in the ass right off the get-go. But after maybe the first quarter inch, half inch, that settled down into what it was going to be throughout the rest of the smoke. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. Woodsy, maybe a hint of a chocolatey kind of taste or like buttery, like somewhere in that like sweeter, bitter kind of like, I realize those aren't quite the same thing, uh, <laughs> uh, but like there was a, a, a bit of sweetness to it, a little bit of bitterness to it. So like it was a very creamy kind of taste. I think that's, that's the word for it. There was a creamy kind of flavor going on with the wood. 
The pepper was a forefront flavor throughout the entire experience. Leather on the back end. Uh, the retro hail was nice because it brought out a bit of the nut flavor for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really pleasant because I'm a big fan of those nutty kind of tastes in my cigar. And it was less peppery. Uh, it hurt a little bit. It, it's it's a pretty easy cigar to retrohale, but it's still easy to overdo it. It's a cigar. Be sure. careful with that. <laughs> uh, so I think if I had to give that a rating, definitely it's far above average. The construction was fantastic. And that's even, I had issues. I had cracking through most of my cigar the entire time. I think and it was your cut. The cut certainly didn't help, but that wouldn't cause the blowouts on the, mm-hmm. the front end, right? Uh, but even with that, even with those blowouts, I smoked it right down to the nub. Like mm-hmm. it stayed together. You know, it was very clearly wrapped more than once. It held itself together really consistently. I never had to touch up the light. It burned evenly the whole way through. It was a good heavy smoke. Uh, it was productive. There was a lot of smoke. It yes. certainly wasn't heavy as cigars. I would probably call it a mild, honestly. Okay. Uh, wait, mild, medium? Mild, medium, full-bodied. Definitely medium then. I'm sorry, not mild. Medium, I wouldn't even call it a full. It wasn't, I don't know how professionals view that, but Mm -hmm. for me, it was definitely a medium. It wasn't an intense... It what did never felt like a slog, you no. know, all the way through. Nope. <laughs> like some of those big full bodies can feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that with all that said and done, if I had to give it a rating, I would probably give it an eight. It was a real solid performer for me. I enjoyed most of the flavors that happened. Uh, I'm not typically a big fan of real strong pepper flavors, but the way it mellowed out just a tiny bit after that first portion mm-hmm. and stayed prominent at the front end, if it had stayed that strong the whole way through, I probably would not have enjoyed the cigar. But that little bit of mellowing, just like, hey, we're here, and now like we're part of the cigar versus this is the only taste you've got, really helped propel that forward. So definitely I'd give that a solid eight. All right. Yep. How about you, John? Um, so I want to say this was one of my, it was definitely one of the first 10 cigars that I've had. Um, and the fact that I've come back to it multiple times means I really enjoyed it. And that's why I shared it with you guys. Um, to start off with the construction, it was very well constructed. It had that nice triple cap on it. Uh, so no one had any issues, you know, knowing where to cut the cigar or anything like that. Um, it, the light and the draw was extremely easy on both ends. I'm, I, some cigars we had, they were uh, really densely packed. Uh, so it makes the draw a little bit harder. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say that this was a loose draw, but I didn't have to work on getting a mouthful of smoke. No, and absolutely not. One of the great things that I really enjoy about uh, most of the Don Papin cigars is if you lay the cigar down and you just watch it burn, it doesn't put off a whole lot of smoke. But as soon as you start to smoke it, you get the smoke. So it, it's not just burning the cigar away. So they, they do a great job with the construction. Um, I had no issues with the canoeing or tunneling. Um, and again, we were we blew through this cigar pretty quickly compared yeah, to the, fairly quick. no, the yeah. most of the ways that we were smoking the cigar. Um, I really enjoyed the flavor. Um, I love the pepper. So that pepper, especially when you first light the cigar, I really enjoyed that. Um, it does die out on the end. And it, the pepper kind of takes a back step. And it definitely goes towards a more woodsy taste. Um, so Scott, when you were saying that you were having a hard time pulling out other notes... You pulled out all the notes, actually, that this cigar is typically known for. So okay. don't don't feel bad or don't you know discredit yourself for that. Yes, it's, you didn't miss anything. No, it, it's a pepper on the front end and then more of a woodsy taste um, as you get through the cigar. Um, this cigar is a Cuban blend-esque, basically meaning there really isn't going to be that much of a journey in your cigar. Uh, what you get in the you know first third of the cigar is going to be what you have for the rest of the cigar. So you pretty much know what you're
you're getting into. Um, what was unique about this cigar, and I, I don't know if any of you guys noticed this, but as you got towards the end of the cigar, maybe towards the last third of the cigar, it started to burn a little bit hotter than yeah, other, other cigars do. Um, so that can be a put off for some people. I'm one of those guys, I'm going to smoke it until I can barely hold on to it anymore. So that the heat of that didn't really bother me. Um, but it was it was something noticeable. It didn't really necessarily change the taste or the flavor of the profile, but it was a more of a unique experience smoking something that's going to be a little hotter than when you first set off with the cigar. You know, I wouldn't say that I noticed it right away, but now that you pointed out, like, I was having, like, I had to, like, be careful with my draw because it would hit my lips a bit faster than, yep. and I... You're right. Like it just gets a bit hotter towards the end. Yeah. I, I like you said. I wouldn't have picked that out myself, but now that you pointed out, it seems kind of obvious. <laughs> it's one of those things that you want to, you know, if you don't enjoy smoking something or having that hot smoke on you, you're not going to get as much enjoyment from the cigar because again, it's going to that really starts the last third of the cigar. Um, but overall, I love the flavors of it. Um, it great construction. No smoking problems whatsoever in terms of the uh, construction of the cigar. So solid, eight, easy for me. So right. the, only, the only thing that I wish with that cigar is that it would be a little bit longer. Um, so when, again, yeah. when you want a cigar, when you want more cigar, that's a really good sign. I could easily see that being a six inch and enjoying every oh, minute of it. Absolutely, every minute. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, so Tim, what were we uh, drinking for whiskey tonight? What were you guys drinking for whiskey tonight, I should say? Yeah, so John and I, uh, tonight, I brought in a bullet bourbon. Um, I actually picked up the 10-year aged uh, bullet bourbon, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It's produced at the Kieran Brewing Company. Uh, Four Roses Distillery. It's made in Kentucky uh, by some big old conglomerate. Uh, but this specifically is their 10-year. It's their only age-dated whiskey. It's bottled at 91 proof. Um, it's won some awards. And it's uh, it's interesting because all of their whiskeys have a decently high rye content at about 28%. So it brings a, an interesting aspect to what is a pretty stand like Kentucky straight bourbon is its own thing. You know, you mm -hmm. think Jack, you think things like that, but the bullet turns it on its head a little bit by adding a decent amount of rye to add some extra depth to the whiskey. And Tim, what was the proof on that? The the proof on this? Yeah. Uh, 90, 91. it was 45.6%. Okay. Yeah, so a little so higher than your typical or yeah. your standard whiskey. Uh, just a bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. most of the time it's bottled at 80. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So John, what did you think of of the whiskey? Um, so when we uncorked it, and uh, I, I use the term cork on purpose, it, it did actually have a cork after that nice... That's such a nice detail too. Yes. Um, it had a great smell to it. Um, it smelt almost flowery, flowery, I can talk, and a little sweet. Um, and when you smell it, it's like, yep, that's definitely a whiskey. It's going to have some burn to it. Uh, so after taking the first sip, I was a little shocked. Um, it it had a little burn, but not a whole lot. It was extremely smooth. Um, I got a little uh, oaky flavors from it. Um, and overall, it was just a really floral, um, not too sweet. Um, so we've had some whiskeys in the past that were a lot sweeter than this one. Yeah. Uh, it definitely was not as sweet uh, as the previous ones. But overall, I would say it was a really good sipping whiskey if you like whiskey. Um, it definitely had that traditional whiskey oak flavoring to it. Yep. Um, overall, I would give it a solid six and a half, seven. 
Okay. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, good. good. What about you, Tim? Uh, so I have to agree with John. Uh, it's yes, re- I like, got the flavors right in the whiskey. Right, I'm so it's, happy. It's, it's really <laughs> good. So proud of myself. Right, right. Good job, good job. Round of applause for Mull. Uh, so it, it's really good. It, it's surprising because you do get that first nose on it, and it's pretty sweet. It's pretty flowery. Mm-hmm. But you still smell some of that astringency, and you kind of expect with the rye and it being a whiskey that it's probably going to have a bit of burn. And with it being 91 uh, proof, you... You expect it to come in a little bit hotter than it does, mm-hmm. but definitely you take that first sip and it is a fantastically smooth experience. Uh, like you said, it's fruitier. I did catch uh, on like that sweetie, on that sweetie, on that sweet end, uh, just a, like a hint of, uh, a hint of, I want to say like vanilla kind of flavor, right? Yeah. To kind of, and I think that's what identifies a bit of that sweetness a little bit. Sure. Uh, definitely. It has a bit of a bite to it, Mm -hmm. right? And not even because of the whiskey burn. There's a little bit of spiciness to it. Yeah. And it's it's a great pairing. Like you said, a lot of oaky flavors. It's still very much a whiskey, but it has this this unique little twist by being such a high rye content that it adds just a nice little rounding of flavor so that you're not blasted with so much of that oak and char and smoky kind of of typical whiskey flavors. Mm-hmm. I'd uh, like to point out something that, uh, you know, I know I, I get that we've done some rye whiskeys here in, in recent episodes, but uh, we actually didn't know this one had rye in it when it, we purchased it. Yeah. When you, when you look at the bear or when you look at the bottle and go to pick it up, there's no indicator that there's rye in it. And I had the bullet makes a rye whiskey specifically. I didn't, I had no idea that they, even in their non rise, they have such a high content of rye in it. Yeah, this was a happy accident. Yeah, and it is yes. a, a happy accident. Definitely happy. I would gladly sip on this again. Mm-hmm. I think if I had to rate it, I might go a little bit higher than John with like a 7.5 on this. All right. All right. Isn't that what you gave it? Was it 7.5? No, you said 6.5. Yes. Yeah, 6.5 six, six to 7. 6, six, six to 7. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Just a little, like, just, I enjoyed it just a bit more, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, that still puts us basically on par with one another. It was good. It's not amazing. It certainly doesn't hold a candle to whistle pig. No. And and I know that this isn't a rye whiskey. This is still a standard whiskey whiskey with a strong rye content. But it it just – it doesn't hold that candle. Whistle pig was an amazing whiskey. Uh, But it's still something that I would gladly pick up and just have on my shelf to to have and to sip. It's not something I think I would recommend – to new whiskey drinkers mm-hmm. or somebody that's looking to maybe expand their their reach on what they enjoy it's just a bit too strong and i think like things like the vanilla and the spiciness are too far outside the standard wheelhouse to be like hey Let's try and push you this little bit. I think that's just too much of a step. Yep. So definitely, like I said, a 7.5 for that. All right. So, uh, Scott, you brought a beer in like usual. What'd you have this week? Uh, so I went back to an old brewery that I've visited in recent times. Okay. I went back to Pearl Street Brewery. Yep, yep. And for the winter here, they have a sour winter goes. Is that a sour beer? It is a sour beer. Is it, so shocking, is, it shocking. I'm, is it legit sour or is it like that 17 and up where it's a different kind of sour? This was more towards the traditional sour. Um, it had a nice 
sharp tartness right up front. It didn't linger long. Uh, I I actually I liked it way better than I liked the seventeen up. Okay. Uh, the seventeen up was more of like a sweeter like seven up. I mean, hence the name seventeen up. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it was more like a soda tasting, whereas this one is more, like I said, your traditional sour beer. It's real tart up front, and then it's just a nice finish with it. Um, it's not as tart as some of the other ones that I have drank in the past. Yeah, because you've had some real tart yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, as far as this one goes, um, it, it's brewed with Alaskan spruce, and uh, it also has bergamot essential oils in it. So what does that mean? I have no idea. Okay. It sounded fancy. Yeah. It's something for their their winter, probably just to add some different flavors to it. And like I said, it does have a a little different flavor than, like I said, their 17 up. I haven't... This is the third beer I've tried through them so far uh, because I also tried Shitty Light Beer and the 17 up. The Shitty Light was such a good purchase. Shitty Light Beer was such a good beer. It was. It was just a solid beer, but that was that episode. Um, Again, it's brewed up in lacrosse. It's... Fermented with uh, native microbes that are in the air in lacrosse versus... Okay. Yeah. Usually that's... Okay. That's an interesting thing that they would allow it to be exposed to like the general air. And maybe it's a different process. They pull things down or something. But usually that's a very risky business to be like... You can get some bad microbes. Exactly. There's some gross shit in the air all the time. Uh, I want to let you know, real quick, did a quick search. Bergamot is a type of orange. All right. I don't know what that means, right? I don't know if it tastes anything like an orange, but it's a kind of orange. All right. All right. Uh, mm. I, I don't think it was a flavor that stood out a whole lot. So same thing with the, the Alaskan spruce. It wasn't a flavor that, that really just like punched you in the face. But it was a good beer. I liked it. Uh, I would, if I had to rate it, I'd rate it higher than the 17 up for sure. Um, okay. I'd probably have to go with probably about a seven, seven and a half. Cause it, it was, it was good. Yeah. Seven and a half is nothing to shake I, a stick I'd at. I'd probably go seven no. and a half if I was going to pick a, a solid number on it. All right. Uh, cause it was above average. It was more towards the traditional sour beers that I'm accustomed to. But it was just good. It had good flavors. And it was, you know, it had that little punch up front and then it was a nice finish. Good, good. So, yeah, seven and a half. That's nothing. That's that's a damn good rating. Absolutely. I'll, I mean, I'm, if if I can get a beer that's a seven and a half or higher every time, we're golden. Every time, yep. All right. So, uh, who's got the tip of the week for us this week? I have a tip for cigars okay. that I, I would be more than happy to share. All right. What would that um, be? So we've talked about uh, cutting cigars. We've talked about how to take the band off of the cigars. Uh But we haven't really talked about lighting a cigar. And lighting a cigar is um, really important. Um, So there's a couple of ways that you can um, light a cigar. Um, A lot of people like to use a lighter. And then we can talk about the different types of lighters that people have or matches. Um, So let's talk about lighters first. Uh, So you have your your traditional Bic lighter um, or a Zippo lighter. And that's going to create a softer uh, or a soft flame for a cigar. Personally, I'm not a big fan of using soft flames um, for lighting a cigar when it comes from a lighter. Um, and the main purpose for that is uh, people say they can start tasting the fuel that comes from whether it's the, the butane from the um, Zippo lighter or just from the Bic lighter. Yeah, they don't burn super efficiently. So yeah, it, it makes things a little tough. Um, so if I'm going to use a lighter, I definitely recommend getting a butane torch lighter. It's going to be a more intense flame. 
Um, but the trick to this is you don't just put the cigar to the flame and start puffing on it. You actually want to do what's called toasting the cigar. And what toasting a cigar is, is you basically light the outer edges of the cigar. So you get a nice little uh, burn on the cigar. Um, and then you slowly start to um, puff on the cigar as you still have the flame towards the cigar. So you're lighting the cigar. And the, and the reason why you do that is you actually want to light the edges of the cigar first. Uh, so you start getting that nice, even, smooth burn. Uh, if you're going to light a cigar with matches, uh, it's the exact same principle. Um, so I've done I've done both, and I, I would say probably 50% of the time I use matches. Um, with matches, though, you have to be a little bit careful, um, again, because when you strike a match, everyone has that, oh, that's a nice sulfur smell. It's like, let's strike a match in the bathroom and get rid of the bad smell. You don't want to be puffing in or sucking on sulfur when you light that cigar. So what you want to do is when you light your cigar, or excuse me, light the match, um, let it burn for a little bit so it just burns off that sulfur. So it's just burning on the wood. wood. And that's the exact same process. Uh, typically, if you're going to use a standard match size, uh, dedicate a match just to toasting the cigar. And then use your second match uh, to actually light the cigar and puff on it. Um, when you do light the cigar, make sure that you're rotating your cigar as you are taking quick puffs on the cigar. So I starts and burns evenly. Uh, lastly, to see if your cigar is actually lit, um, just look at the foot of the cigar and blow on it. Um, it should burn red evenly throughout the cigar. If you see any dark spots, that means that part of the cigar isn't lit. And you want to get that and concentrate on that area then with another match or go back at it with your lighter. Um, the biggest thing is you want a nice red uh, circle on your cigar so you get a nice smooth even burn. Um, if you only light half the cigar and you start smoking it, yeah, the other half is going to catch up and it's going to start on fire eventually or light or burn, but you're not going to get a really consistent burn. And having starting off with a smooth, consistent burn is setting yourself up for success. It's going to prevent tunneling and canoeing. Um, lastly, if you are going to be using a lighter, don't put the foot of the cigar right at the lighter and just hold it and just start it on fire that way or burn it that way. Um, really keep the cigar parallel to, or excuse me, perpendicular to the flame and it will light just fine. You don't need to aim the fire at the cigar. It'll catch on fire by itself. And that's the cigar tip of the week. Well, thanks for the tip, John. Uh, that is a, it's a big deal. Uh, anytime. It sounds stupid, but knowing how to light a cigar is, is actually really, really important. And it's one of those things that you can, if you don't know how to do it, ask someone. Don't be afraid to say, hey, how do I really properly light this? Or if you're in a cigar cigar lounge, watch how other people light their cigars. Yeah, if you're, I'll, if you're I'll be honest. A lot of time, like up until just now... I I followed your lead and just lit it the way you did. I didn't really understand why. I knew that we toasted it and like I understand there was a, understood there was a reason for it. And now that I understand that that reason is you want the wrapper to burn and mm -hmm. catch that up so that it's got that nice initial. Well, see, if I would have known that, I would have started lighting it in the middle of the cigar just to see what your reaction would have been. See if you would have copied me. I did. <laughs> I'd have just lit the cut end and, and went with it. <laughs> uh, so, no, that that's that's super helpful, you know, and because, again, having a good controlled burn is, like you said, setting yourself up for success. Moving on, let's get our rating for the pairings uh, for everything. So, Scott, since you brought the beer and it's going to be a bit different than John and I, how did your beer and your uh, cigar pair up? I didn't think they went together too bad. You know, I've, I've had some other sour beers that totally just eliminated some of the flavors. And so I, don't, I didn't think this one was as bad as some of those other ones. Again, I'm still pairing a sour beer 
with a cigar. They don't go together great. Uh, so I, I'd, I'd probably give it, you know, probably a six, you know. Okay, so they didn't hurt each other. They then. didn't They didn't hurt each other this time, whereas other times they've hurt each other. Mm-hmm. So did, did you notice any new flavors or maybe that some flavors died out in one versus the other? I, I feel like the, the beer itself being tart probably cut down that pepper. Because like you guys were saying that you had a, a real strong pepper at the beginning of the cigar. I didn't see that, or I didn't taste that strong pepper. It was it was actually kind of a mild pepper, even right at the beginning. Hmm. Okay, so, then yeah, then definitely yeah, you cut it down. Yep. Yes, and, and like we've discussed before, you know, I'm not a huge pepper person, so for me, it worked well together. Yeah, that's... so so for the six, it it yeah. makes sense. No, absolutely. I just I wanted to get a little more from you because uh, like that, I don't do beer that much in general and like i don't mind your sours but that's typically not for me and you do just have a different preference in your cigars you're not a big fan of the pepper and i don't mind it and john's a big fan i love pepper uh so knowing that your that that pepper got cut like that and you know that's something you look for you'd rather have slightly lighter like that's perfect awesome fantastic Mm -hmm. uh what about you tim how was your pairing so between the whiskey and the cigar, I don't honestly feel like there was a ton of play, right? I had, it maybe brought a bit more of a nutty flavor forward on the cigar. Uh, and the whiskey, I think, as usual, I think it may have been a bit more mellow than if you're just drinking it without one, because that seems to be a pretty common feature with most cigars and, and mm-hmm. whiskey is that the whiskey gets a little easier to drink it helps take some of the bite out and it probably reduced a bit of the pepper or the, the like spiciness in the uh uh the whiskey mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily a bad thing because the cigar brought forward its own kind of spiciness with the black pepper uh so i think if i had to put them you know if i have to give a good solid rating for the pairing itself probably a seven i i feel like they didn't really they didn't detract anything from each other right right they they went decently well together and i enjoy like i said nut is just a big i really enjoy that in my cigars uh and th- with whiskey being slightly easier to drink like this is this is not a bad thing mm-hmm. and it brought down that spiciness on the whiskey which i think allowed me to pick up a bit more on like that vanilla flavor yeah so all in all, I think they went fairly well together. It's not the best pairing, but it's definitely something I would not turn down in the future. Right. How about you, John? Um, I agree with everything that you said. Um, what I found interesting is uh, it really brought forward the woodsy taste. And there was another taste that was kind of playing in my mouth, and I really couldn't pick up on it. But the nutty vanilla, I think, nails nails it on the head. So you're able to put a name to the flavor that I was searching for. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Um, it definitely did cut down on the the burn of the whiskey for what little burn that it had. So, you know. Um, yeah, and it, let me be clear. It's already really smooth. It's yes. not like it brought it down a ton. It's already a very smooth whiskey. <laughs> yeah, so if you take a whiskey, you know, rated as a, a one, to, 1 to 10 for smoothness, give it a 9, and then with the cigar, 9.5. So, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely helped a little bit, but it was already there to start with. Um, it definitely did not take away 
any of the flavors of the cigar or the whiskey, I would gladly pair this again. Um, I don't think it brought any new flavors out that you couldn't have gotten individually if you looked really, really hard. But I I think it helped bring out some of the flavors of the cigar a little bit more. Like I said, it had a really nice woodsy play uh, with this particular whiskey. So I would completely agree with your rating on a 7. So... Definitely would do it again. It's nice to know I'm not wildly out of line. No. <laughs> Just a little. It's always nice when... when All right, fine. I'll go with a 7.1. There we go. There you go. Wildly out of line. Yep. <laughs> you, you had to bring it up. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about sums up this week uh, as far as everything goes. Uh, so if someone wants to reach us, where can they reach us? Basically everywhere we care to see. Uh, you can reach us uh, via email at leafandbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at leafbarrelpod. And you can find us on basically any other social media at leafandbarrelpodcast, uh, the Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can find us on Patreon, of course, Leaf and Barrel Podcast. We have a few different things. You can sign up and help support the uh, the cast to make this the best we can for you. Always hit us up with any questions, concerns, comments, suggestions, you know, because we're always looking for new pairings to try ourselves. You know, we can always get whiskey from wherever. We can get cigars from wherever. We get beers. Like, hit us up. If you have questions, if you disagree with us, you can go fuck yourself. Um, (laughs) But basically everything, like, we are trying to be the best we can for you. I can promise that we will read everything. I can't promise we'll get back to it. So don't don't think we're not seeing it. We are, and we're taking it to heart. And then I do want to give a quick shout-out to our main man, Arn Husby, for our intro and outro music, The Warm Duck Shuffle. Uh, go look that man up anywhere you can. He's earned your money, I promise. All right, uh, so, so do we have a question this week to... We do. Our question of the week is, who amongst your friends would you choose as your cellmate in prison, and why? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Imaginary friends don't count. Damn. Damn. Uh, all right. Uh, well, this has been Leaf and Barrel Podcast. My name is Scott. My name is Tim. And my name is John. Have a great night.